0: To an Extra Shot episode on the Project Zion podcast, a shorter episode that lets you get your Project Zion fix in between our full-length episodes. It might be shorter time-wise, but hopefully not in content. So regardless of the temperature at which you prefer your caffeine, sit back and enjoy this Extra Shot.
1: Welcome to this edition of Coffee at the Swarm. Uh, this is Mike Hoffman, your host, and we're doing this as a part of Project Zion podcast. Today, I have with me Andrew Woolsey, who's in his second year or sophomore here at Graceland University. He's majoring in history and minoring in political science, religion and philosophy, and international studies. So, And he's on the Klassen House, so if any of our listeners are, went to Graceland and were part of the Clausen House, they will connect with Andrew pretty easily. So, Andrew, welcome to our show.
0: Thank you for having me, Mike. Is there anything else
1: you'd add about who you are and what you're, what you're interested in?
0: I found interests this year, and really starting last year, uh, in areas such as the Community Development Club. I'm now the co-facilitator for that. I'm also a student pastor with Mike. And I'm also a peer mentor with Mike, which is pretty cool. Having two uh, jobs working for Mike. <laughs> yeah,
1: well, and the peer mentor—just uh, to let our listeners know a little bit about that—you um, were basically assigned to me. Of course, I think we sort of wanted that alignment to work, but that's because you're a peer mentor for uh, first-year students as a part of the first-year seminar class. So, so yeah, I really lucked out because Andrew's student pastor, but also he, he works with me on this class. So, yeah, we've had yep. a. Pretty good time doing that, too. Definitely. So tell us, tell, tell me where you're from and maybe what it was like for you growing up in the church or being associated with the church.
0: So I grew up not in Central Mission in uh, Colorado. <laughs> uh, I was born in Des Moines, but when I was two I moved out to Colorado. And the church for me, was, I feel like it was interesting. My parents were divorced. And so Sunday, Monday and Tuesday, I was with my father growing up. So the church days, you know, I'm at my dad's house, so I would go to the Methodist church with him uh, and the college Methodist at night. But when I went to high school, it started to be more, I can just kind of choose the days I wanted to be at which house. And so I was able to have church days with my mother. But when I was in high school, I found out that my priorities considered sleep to be higher. <laughs> of course. <laughs> right. Yeah. Uh, I still struggle with that today. <laughs> um so I didn't really go to the regular church all that often for Community of Christ. Okay. Um, but for me, the church really was in the youth groups that we have. Okay. And so in the Rockies, for those of you who would know, uh, we're very spread out through different cities. So like in Boulder, I was the only Rockies kid there. Oh, you know? wow. Okay. Um, my cousins were in Denver, which was the, the bigger populated area for Community of Christ. And then Colorado Springs also. But you know we also have kids in Wyoming and yeah. part of the Grand Junction area. So we're all spread out. So and, when you
1: when you talk about the Rockies, are you talking about like the I, I recognize that name as a spec delegation. So are you talking about, going talking to, about. Okay, okay. Yeah, did, Mission did, Center. And okay, oh yeah, of course. Rockies Rocky Mountain Mission Center would be the official name, I guess. And so you did camps as well. Did you go to camps? Okay. Yeah.
0: Camps and all that, and we also had retreats during the year, which okay, I really sure.
1: appreciated. Um, where, did, where did you go on retreat, What, or did you go to different places? You know?
0: We would do um, different churches in the Mission Center, okay. most of the time in Colorado. That's probably like a weekend. Like if it was like a long weekend or something, we would do that. Gotcha.
2: Yeah, very good.
1: Okay. So, this sounds like we're jumping forward. What brought you to Graceland? I mean, was it the connection through Spectacular then, or was it just, hmm. how did you decide?
0: Well, initially, I always knew I was coming to Graceland because okay. my parents had come in all of that, but when I started getting older, you know, seeing all the Graceland reps come through the, the churching program and all of that, I saw Graceland as the only option for me. I actually oh, only yeah. applied to Graceland when I was in high school. Luckily, I got in, right? Did, you um, say, did I hear you correctly? It was the only place you applied? It is, yeah. That's pretty cool. Yep. well I applied in September my senior year and okay. got it in the same month so all right. all right Yeah.
1: now but but you have other connections with Graceland going back a little bit because your mom was campus minister here at one yeah. point, and it, you mentioned being uh, born in Des Moines was that when you were when when your mom was assigned here at Graceland so.
0: yes okay she, um, and my dad also taught a class here I believe okay yeah
1: mm-hmm. very good. So, you always knew you wanted to go to Graceland then, so... wow. And
0: luckily, it's the perfect fit. You know, I, I cannot see me at any other school thriving as much as I am here.
1: Yeah, well, we're glad you're here. I mean, that's, to me, it's an obvious good fit, so I'm, I'm glad you're here. So, this may be early in your academic career, but, you know, there's this Graceland experience that people talk about, so how would you describe the Graceland experience or at least your Graceland experience
0: how's it been for you I believe the Graceland experience is something you have to buy into and if coming from backgrounds that aren't community of Christ or backgrounds that are similar to the environment here then I feel it's very hard to buy into alongside different uh, problems such as being an athlete with the coaches. Kind of denying that ability to buy into the environment. For me, I've loved it, though. It's the environment I'm talking about, of course, is just this leadership and community that everyone thrives to together and hold each other up and pushes each other into elements of different aspects of life we didn't know we could go into.
2: So you mentioned about the, the struggle with some student athletes sort of finding their place in that community as well. I know that that's that's been a topic of um, oh, some student government officers in the past, and that kind of thing. and um, I think part of it is that so many of the student athletes that come to Graceland are not part of community of Christ, and so they don't they don't make that connection that that rich history that we have with that sense of community and that what we would many of us would understand the Graceland experience to be about. so. Was your reference sort of a first-hand experience? I mean, have you met some guys in your house that sort yeah. of deal with
0: that? So, like one example would be my my last year's roommate, okay. who he was a part of Community of Christ, and still is. He um, was a football player, though. Okay. And so, because of that, you know, pre-COVID, they were able to come all early together as a for practice, which meant that they had their own community before the regular students came, oh, right. and it was hard to initiate those interactions and get past, like this is your house, you know, I know you're on the sports team, but this is the house that you're on. And so we actually had a couple people who were football players move houses from our house to be with their other football friends.
2: So, Oh, I see. So they would go that far. They would move. They would actually request to which houses then.
0: Wow. Yep. And another problem is just, you know, I understand why, but coaches will deny different activities for their athletes. Like, say choices or something like that or COSA events because they want their athletes to be focused on the sport, which is understandable. But part of that Graceland experience we're talking about is those housing experiences. Yeah. Yeah.
2: And choice for, for those of you listening, choices and COSA are well, Choices is an off-campus venue that raised the mountains and operates as sort of a late night hangout place. And COSA is the campus organization for social activities. So that would be a, a, basically a sort of student activities sponsored or organization sponsored student activities. I think like that. So yeah. So and I do. I guess I do understand that partially from you know from a coach's standpoint, they're trying to trying to make sure their team stays healthy and well and all those kinds of things. But there is a certain aspect that then that means they those players don't don't have additional experiences that could bring them into community with others yeah,
0: yeah. So. I, I really think it's important because to my roommate he he was never put in to play for graceland as a football player so he was going to leave the school but luckily when he was dropping out of that he found that the house system was able to scoop him up and take him in and that's the reason he's still here to this day
2: wow that's really quite a statement then that's so the house system was so significant to that it. So he is he back on the football team or not? He is not
0: okay. on the football team
2: anymore. Yeah. Okay. So, like you said, the house system sort of scooped. In. I love I love that term. Ended. Yeah. Scooped him <laughs> up and sort of included him. That's that's really a good testament about the, sort of the the nature of community and how strong the house system still is here. Because you know mm-hmm. I don't know I I did not go to Grayson as an undergrad, but I know it started in the I think early to mid 1960s. It's been around a long time, so, right. yeah. well, let's deviate a little bit from what I said. You mentioned about the COVID, you know, the COVID pandemic that we're living through right now. I know this has been an interesting summer. You know, you and I are talking mid-September, and, and uh, it's obviously the COVID pandemic is still going on. I, you know, it's, it's been a challenge, and actually a challenge to our sense of community here at Grayson to some degree. You had one year without COVID here and one yeah. year with COVID so far. So, Any um, thoughts
0: about that? The biggest area that I see COVID affect besides just the academics would be the comments where we all food. Oh, yeah. Because, you know, you, you go in and the tables are set up where it's they're split off and you have two persons per table. And they're all separated. And that community sense is really gone. I mean, so nowadays, the cafeteria... Workers are more lenient, and a lot of us who go in houses will pull chairs up to tables, you know, and pack it up, But and they don't really care much anymore. But in the beginning, it was just, you yeah. go in, you get your food, and you leave, you know?
2: Yeah, well, part of it is being in any state, I suppose. The state of Iowa had really strict guidelines about food service when the pandemic started at the end of this, the previous semester, and, um, you know, they you couldn't even serve food in a dining room, you know, so that that had to change, and then when, when, once this semester started, it certainly was different, so, but I hadn't really thought about that. I do remember, I haven't eaten in the commons yet this year, just that I know the seating is reduced, I thought, well, students really need to have a priority about, you know, what seating goes in there, but I hadn't thought about that, because I remember, um, you know, in previous years, I'd see all the guys from class and all sitting together, you know, for yep. meals. That would be a big change. You also mentioned change in academics. Are you? Uh, how are your classes? Do you have some classes that are only on Zoom or partially on Zoom? Or
0: um, I had one class that was only going to be on Zoom. I actually dropped that class. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, and we won't say that it was the Community of Christ theology class, but it was, wasn't uh, it? it? So it that was, was yes. going to be
2: that was only going to be on Zoom. Though, so... It was. Yeah.
0: Like when you go into a classroom you have to wipe down the chairs and the desk, you know, and when you leave you do the same. Yeah. And sitting far apart. Like I know we have small classes here at Graceland, but you really feel that now. Just we're all spread out as far as we can be and it's just yeah. it's a weird environment. We're wearing masks in the classroom. Yeah.
2: I know you're involved with Inspire the ministry practicum that you know that we're both involved with here. And I know it's like we meet in Cheville Chapel, but it feels very different for everybody to be six feet apart and to try then to have uh, it like a spiritual practice or initial practice. And so while you typically would share your response, you're sort of yelling yeah. at it through your mask across the across the way. So I know that that part of it's been yeah kind of So you you mentioned that you've been a student pastor and certainly I know about our relationship in terms of what church experience at Christ and is like. Do you have any thoughts about, like, um, what you what you've experienced so far with the Campus Ministries program or Sunday morning worship afterglow or, you know, sort of your church experience while at Graceland? Is there? Do you have any hopes for it where it might go?
0: I've really liked it. You know, coming one of the reasons I didn't go to church is services. Usually, growing up, besides being so early, is just sitting there listening to a service. You know, is not my cup of tea. Yeah, and. <laughs> here it's different one it you know it's my friends and i'm sure i'm sure it's the same way for the, the older people at church it's their friends speaking so they can't yeah. worry about that but they're not my friends so i don't really have the yeah. same investment that they have but I, you know it's my friends speaking so i get to go watch that and support them and they're usually pretty cool ideas that i don't really don't really think about yeah. uh and then afterglow the service held at night is primarily, you know, it's a band that plays yeah. live music with a speaker, which is, I think, really cool. And then the different aspects that we have, like, you know, last year we had Bible study, Book of Mormon study. This year we have coffee and tea talks. Yeah. And there's different avenues of uh, just worship, I guess, are really cool.
2: Yeah. Yeah, you mentioned scripture study. We haven't really started it yet. It's like um, probably something that we'll get started here before long. Mm-hmm. I know. That it, it, while it was popular, but it was a few students were involved, but it was a very loyal group. I mean, you know, we we continued to meet even though, um, you know, the semester basically students left, but we kept that class going, you know, well into uh, after school would have been out, I guess you could say, because, you know, that group just wanted to continue to meet. In fact, yep. I, I, I think that happened to Talking T Talks too. We kept meeting part of the summer just i think looking for that sense of community that some of us lost when COVID hit and that kind of thing so yeah that's it a... so um you've mentioned i we mentioned at the beginning you know your majors and minors that you're interested in do you have do you have a plan or is there something you want to do after you graduate
0: um yeah there's a lot i want to do is <laughs> there like do you, are you talking about a certain time frame or just like overall or I don't know. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know. What's your interest in history? I mean, where do you... Is that yeah. just... Uh... Um, so I like to consider myself a truth seeker, someone who wants to understand why we are here today. I believe the past is the key to the future. And so that's why I'm a history major. I you know I understand it's not really going to come directly into play with what I want to do in my life. But I see it as a greater investment knowing all of that information and being able to think the way historians think. Um, so like political science and religion and philosophy are more of my, the ways that are going to really impact my job, my career. Okay. Um,
2: how, so, how so? I mean, what, what are you thinking about?
0: Well, so like, there's different aspects that I want to go to in the world and different outlets that I could express. I want to be uh, a pastor when I'm older <laughs> and different ways I can express that. I talked to some people around the Mission Center, like one being Daniel Harmon. And together we were coming up with ideas of like new expressions that I could try to do. Yeah. My idea would be like in the Rocky Mountain Mission Center, which is something I really care about, I'll be making sure they are growing and thriving. But other areas that I've really come to terms with are going out into different areas, not just the US, but like, say, maybe I go into the Ukraine, because like right now, you know. Ukraine is being invaded by Russia, mm-hmm. and being a pastor in that area and seeing what that's like and how I can learn and try to help out wherever I can. Uh, pretty cool. So,
2: hence your religion and philosophy, and inter- even international studies, would play yeah. into that sort of hope to go somewhere like that and make an impact, and, and at the same time learn. I mean, I, I appreciate your sort of angle toward lifelong learning. I you know but that's part of what the Inspire. Um, practicum, you know, this sort of build on. So, yeah, so, um, yeah, and you want to be a pastor? That's incredible. That's really good. I really appreciate that. I know mean, it's like, um, you know, I know it's not everyone's desire to do that, but I appreciate your interest in that because it really it, it gives, I don't know about my other listeners, but it gives me great hope about the future of the church that there are young adults who are really interested in that. And, you know, I, I don't know, you said something that caught my attention, like you and Daniel Harmon, you know, sort of finding new expressions. Have you come up with any ideas particularly about new expressions? Or
0: Um, Yeah, we were talking about some ideas, and one of them being, uh, like, say, going out into Boulder, Colorado, or something like that, like a city. It's not really attached to the mission center in that area. And creating a program of just maybe volunteer opportunities and not having it directly tied to community of Christ, but being like, Oh, this event is sponsored by community of Christ, mm-hmm. but we're doing this activity. And then if that happens to draw people to community of Christ, that's great. But that's not the idea behind it. The idea behind it is to fit real world needs, you know, trying to push past toxic charity and what we want to help, but seeing what actually needs yeah, to be yeah, helped in that area. Absolutely. That I, I think you can shape and inspire with that too, because
2: that's, sort of what we try to do on campus. It's like, like, you know, it's coming out of your giftedness and trying to figure out what you're, what you're involved with, So, So, overall, what would be your, like, if you could sort of look at the entire community of Christ, I'm not thinking just like a local congregation here. What are your hopes for community of Christ in the future? You know, it's you could share something with the leadership of the church. Is there something, some hope you have and something you'd sort of, sort of wish that would happen in the future
0: yeah i think i would ask a question to the leadership and that question is you know what kind of church are we are we one that's trying to comfort a dying cause and make it just this pleasant pleasant for everybody who's involved but eventually we're going to die out or are we a church that's going kind to of make dramatic tra- change and Really, not just like in our own church, but actually changing the world. And hopefully, if that does happen, that relates to our missions and uh, principles that we hold dear to us. And, you know, looking through history, you can't just go in 80% into this change and say, oh, well, we have some people doing this change. But over here, we're going to be doing resting and in the church services doing the normal thing. I look at it, and to me, it makes complete sense that it has to be 100% all in. Everyone wants to do this change. So my question is be, what kind of church are we? Are we focused on the aspect I was talking about before, or are we going to be going into the future? Yeah. And, you know,
2: our conversation today is sort of during a, a time period, at least in U.S. history or, or the time frame, where the issues of social justice and um, racial justice, to be more specific, is really becoming um, very much um, sort of front and center in conversations on the news, on um, even even within student groups. We've talked about that. My class, our class that we worked on together, um, the first year of seminar, and you know, I, I don't know if you can see that the mm-hmm. the cover of the latest Herald for September and October is all about systemic racism. so, I I don't know if that's where you're going, but. Um, you know, it's like when you talk about wanting to change. What are your thoughts about all that's going on in the world? Then?
0: You're asking my thoughts on how the yeah, so, church. Yeah, so
2: so when you talk about the church, and you know whether we are a hundred percent in, are you talking about the church that responds to racial injustice, or or are there other issues that you're that you're thinking of when you think about making changes in the world? I guess that's what I was asking. Yeah, you know, okay.
0: to say. I think definitely racial injustice should be a key factor in the future of the church. But I also just think how a church operates and how we go about what the idea of church, like what is that in the future? Yeah, different, different problems in the world are for, for sure ideas that need to be talked about and listened on. But just the idea of what are we, I think needs to change too.
2: Absolutely. Okay. Well, thanks for that. So is there anything else you'd like to share about
0: you, Graceland, the church, the future? Oh man, let's see. If anybody out there listening uh, is high school age or you know younger and wants to know what kind of college they want to go to, Graceland definitely is the one for you. (laughs) (laughs) You know, GU for you. That whole idea—it's really a sense of togetherness here, which of course is the idea. We're together. But when you you know growing up, I hear about Graceland. (laughs) And you know, I, I wanted to be house president. And at the time it was, oh that's so cool, you get to be the leader of these people, right? But now I look at it as oh my gosh, you get to help support your friends that you made on this house. That's what the house is. It's not this this, you know, this country, right? That you're the leader of. These are people that you know, real people. And if they get if they vote you in, you get to help them succeed in their lives that's I, I just so cool to me that that's an opportunity that Graceland offers to so many people yeah, absolutely yeah.
2: so you're planning to run for house president at the end sure of this I am, year? Yeah. all right because right. that would be a house president for next year that's that's good. That's a great leadership position and like you said, working with your friends, but it also it's it's a lot of responsibility too so yeah well I, yeah, I wish you well in that. that's pretty exciting to do that. And I especially like your invitation to other students that are in high school to say first things, the place to do so. Yeah, I did not go here as an undergraduate, but I, you know, I it's interesting. I I didn't even know what a liberal arts university was until I got here. But it's it is so appealing to who I've become that it makes sense that it makes sense that it would be a, a really attractive um, and a really good fit with a lot of students who are sort of like you in the community of Christ and you know want to do ministry and want to change the world and want to do all those things. So.
0: and the whole liberal arts, liberal arts idea, I know for some is tough, but me coming in knowing that I wanted to do history, I'm able to take like say arts classes that relate to history, you know, or science classes that relate to history. So like it all makes sense to me, the classes that I'm taking. And so it's cool that I get to have my field but in different areas and mm-hmm. see how it plays out in the world in different aspects.
2: Yeah, it's a a really intriguing idea to me. And I really, um, even though I didn't go to a liberal arts university, I think it would have been a really cool experience. Very good. Well, Andrew Woolsey, thank you for visiting with me today. Thank you for having uh, me. Absolutely. And I look forward to continuing to work with you over the next few years um, until you graduate and then go change the world for a better place. Thanks, Andrew.
0: Thank you.
1: Thanks for listening to Project Zion podcast. Subscribe to our podcast on Apple Podcast, Stitcher, or whatever podcast streaming service you use, and while you are there, give us a 5-star rating. Project Zion podcast is sponsored by Latter-day Seeker Ministries of Community of Christ. The views and opinions expressed in this episode are of those speaking and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Latter-day Seeker Ministries or Community of Christ. The music has been graciously provided by Dave Hines.